Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. The title of my message is Just Win. Just Win. Um, And there's kind of three areas that I'm going to be focusing on. Three things that I'm going to highlight or point out. Um, But basically, the, the basic... Uh, message is to win you know it's it's football season right now and um, you know we're getting ready for the Michigan Ohio State game and the rivalry that it is maybe some of you are Carolina fans or Tiger fans and you're getting ready for that that clash but but everyone wants to win Man, people get fired up about winning, about watching a football game in their favorite team, right? There's nothing like winning. I mean, we, we, we fight during that game. We're, we're standing up, cheering our hearts out. We're passionate about it um, because we want to win. I mean, deep down inside, we want to win, right? No one likes to lose. I hate that feeling. Um, of losing, right? Especially to an arch rival. Um, it, it, it hurts. It hurts. For many, many years, you know, Michigan struggled to, to beat Ohio State. We finally got that win last year, and it felt so good to win. It felt so good to win. Hope we can win again this year. So three, three main points. Number one, we must win Christ. He needs to be our Lord and Savior in order for us to win in our lives. Not just our Savior, He needs to be Lord and Savior. Number two, in order to win in our lives, we must realize what it truly takes to win. We must realize that God has given us His Spirit and the power that comes with the Holy Spirit. So we have the power to win, but we have to apply it in order to win. And number three, we as believers, we must be about what God came to do, which is win the lost. We must win souls for Jesus. We must win souls for Jesus. You know, Michigan, um, when they uh, come out of the tunnel, there's been a lot of talk about that tunnel, but when they come out of the tunnel, there's this big banner that everyone touches, right? Everyone has to jump up and touch that banner. Um, and we know that God is our banner of victory. It's Jesus that we have hope in. It's Jesus that we have victory in. It's all found in him. We must never forget that. It's all found in him. We must have that same passion, that same fire that we have for our football teams. Oftentimes, you know, 
We get fired up at home for our football teams, but, but we come to church and we can barely lift a word of praise. We can barely get our hands in the, in the air to praise God. It's a struggle for us. And that shouldn't be. And I know everyone who comes to this service, you know, this is kind of the heart and soul of our church. So I'm preaching to the choir, but we must be reminded that we need to praise God at all times and for all things. That's how we win. That's how we win. You know, in preparation for this message about winning, I stumbled across um, this biography on Vince Lombardi, arguably the, the, um, the greatest coach in the history of football. Unfortunately, his, his life was cut short, but when he was alive and he was coaching the Green Bay Packers, he turned them into the most dominating football team in the 1960s. And he talks about a number of things and what it takes to win. Now granted, this is not the word of God. This is Vince Lombardi talking, so keep that in mind. But winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all the time thing. You don't win once in a while. You don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all of the time. Winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. He goes on to be quoted as saying this, when we place our dependence in God, it's interesting, he was, he was a big winner, and he said this, when we place our dependence in God, we are unencumbered, and we have no worry. In fact, we may even be reckless insofar as our part in the production is concerned. This confidence, this sureness of action is both contagious and an aid to the perfect action. Boy, that sounds good. And if you know the word that that resonates with what God, with what God has given us, that confidence yes. that should be contagious. Right. We should be able to feed into others, right? right? Feed into the body, and that should stimulate us to, to be passionate God passionate about winning souls, passionate about winning in our lives, dying to this flesh. This is what it takes to win. He goes on to say, the rest is in the hands of God. I love this last part. And this is the same God who has won all his battles up to now. He never loses. He has never lost, and he will never lose. He never loses. That's an incredible truth. And so when we are in Christ and he is found in us, we can't lose. Yes, we will stumble. Yes, we will fall. But we can't lose. That's an incredible truth. Yes. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. When we put our trust solely in God, solely in what he has done for us, we can have that victory in our lives. 
So we must win Christ first and foremost. We can't live a winning life. We can't win souls unless we have won Christ. We know the Bible clearly talks about what it takes to win, what it takes to be saved. You know, Acts 2.38, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost is essential for salvation. But I love what Pastor was talking about on Wednesday. He talked about the ten lepers. Ten lepers that had this infirmity. And all ten were healed. But only one praised God for what he had done. Only one had the faith that he needed. And scripture talks about what he did in response to being healed, to being saved. He fell down, his, fell down on his feet, on his face, giving thanks to God. And we would be wise to realize that's where we need to be in order to win Christ on our knees, humbling ourselves under his mighty hand that he would lift us up in due time. It was his faith that made him whole. It was his faith that saved him. And so we must go on after we've been saved. We must continue Forgive me, I'm going to pull up this one section. I'm reading this book, Practical Holiness. The author is uh, David Bernard. And um, in this specific section, I tagged a few things. And I'm reading from his book here. We must understand... That faith produces works and not vice versa. We do not get good to get God. We get God to get good. We, not, we do not work towards salvation. We work from salvation. We, not, we do not live holy in order to earn salvation. We live holy because we have salvation. Right? That's that wonder-working power in us, that sanctification process that begins when we are really baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. A failure to manifest holiness, good works, and obedience indicates either a lack of genuine faith, that's that lack of genuine faith that those other nine did not have, and what we must have. So getting back to winning for Christ, we must in Christ. This is first and foremost. We must be found in him. Philippians 3, 7 and 8 says this, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Everything else is meaningless. Everything else is meaningless. But if I have Christ, if I have one Christ, I have all that I need. All that I need is found in him. I was um, with some friends last night and uh, we went to see the, uh, the third season of The Chosen, the premiere of the third season. And um, if you get a chance to see it, I 
I highly recommend it. Um, and it was just, it was incredible. There are so many different scenes that I was gripped by. And um, the last scene, and I don't want to give it away. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but um, you know, he has his apostles all together in the room and he's getting ready to send them out. Right. He's given them each and every one of them, I should say, he's given them a job, an assignment to do. Right. And he says, don't take anything with you. Don't take anything with you. Don't take a tunic. Don't take food. Don't take and each and every one of them is like looking at him like, what? Yeah. I mean, Lord, we trust you, but really? That just doesn't make sense. We we trust you, Lord, but but really. And it's such a great reminder that, boy, we can bring nothing to the table other than surrender, other than sacrifice, other than obedience to what he wants to do in our lives. His way is perfect. <laughs> It's taken me a long time to figure that out. It's taken me a long time. And I, man, I love each and every one of you in this room. And I've shared a number of things with a lot of you. I'm just amazed at what God is doing in this flesh of mine. I've shared that a number of times. And it's, it's again, just incredible what God does when he gets a hold of you and you submit yourself to him when you submit yourself to the man of God it's amazing what God will do he is the vine we are the branches he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without without me you can do nothing John 15 and 5 we must abide in him. We must be found in him. We can do nothing apart from him, but in him. Here's the good news. We can do all things through Christ yes. who strengthens us. That is such great news because I don't have it in me. I don't have the strength. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the knowledge. I know these are things that we've heard before, but I'm just telling you what God has laid on my heart. Maybe this message is just for me. And I, I need it to be pressed into me. It can't be something that I just hear one time and I think, that sounds really good. It needs to be the reality of my faith, of my walk. Then and only then, I believe we can win. And I'm telling you, I'm winning now like I've never won before. Amen. I am winning now like I've never won before because I am submitted to him. Yes. I'm submitted to his ways. I, I have seen that his ways are perfect. His ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts, so much higher than our thoughts. Philippians 3 and 9 continuing that we would be found in him not having our own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through 
the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. We're going to face some trials. We're going to face some setbacks. We're going to face things in this life, and they're, they're meant for a reason. God allows these things for a reason, and that's so that we can draw near to him, so that we can be dependent on him, so that we can really get to that place where we realize, I don't have it, right. but I know he does, yes. and I want it. I want that. In order to win, we must not worry. We must not worry. That was a great um, visual last night. And if we open up Matthew 6, 25 through 34, Jesus is speaking. He says, Therefore I say unto you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon... And all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grasses of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Here's the key verse. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek him first and foremost each and every day. This has been the key for me. Um, Maybe a month ago I gave a message about prayer, and I challenged uh, the church to spend 30 more minutes throughout the week praying. and then 30 minutes prior to the service. And I don't know how many people have applied that, but I know that I've applied that. And um, it has made such an amazing difference in my life. When I seek God first, the way he tells me I need to, my whole day is ordered differently. My life is ordered differently. I, I realize that, Hmm. In those moments, on my knees in prayer, that's when I can hear from him. That's when he speaks to me. That's when he gives me what I need for the day. I ask him. I ask him for those things, and he is faithful each and every time. I'm here because of him. I'm here today speaking because of what he's doing in my life. 1 John 4 and 13 says, Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. 
We need his Holy Ghost. We need his spirit, his presence in our lives in order for us to live victoriously. You know, life before the Holy Ghost, before I was filled with the Holy Ghost, um, was different. I was a man of faith. I, I prayed. I read the word, but I didn't understand the word. I didn't have the conviction that I now have. I wasn't empowered. So I was missing such a key element. And life is so much different now that I'm filled with his presence. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. But I was one of those people that 2 Timothy 3 and 7 was talking about. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I was always learning. And I thought that in my learning, I would finally kind of figure things out on my own. I was constantly thinking, like, someday I'll get there. Someday I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> I am thankful that God got a hold of me <laughs> and filled me with his spirit. So we must win in our lives. And what does it take to win in our lives? Well, he has given us keys to victory in Acts 2 and 38. He's given us the Holy Ghost and the power that comes with it to fight against this flesh, to overcome this flesh, to die to our flesh. Again, we must humble ourselves, pray, and seek his face daily. This is what leads us to a life of victory. It sounds so simple. Doesn't it? But how many people really do it? How many people want to truly have victories in their lives and over their flesh? We love our flesh. It, it's hard to die to our flesh. It's hard to admit that we're wrong. It's hard to admit that our ways are not the best ways that our thoughts are not the right thoughts. Hmm. Hmm. So are we comfortable continuing to live the way we've always lived? Or do we really want to see change in our lives? Do we really want to see victories? You know, I've said this scripture before, Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So why do we continue to fail? Why do we continue to lose in the same areas over and over and over again? What's holding us back from the victory that God has given us? <laughs> Simply put, I believe it's just hanging on to that flesh. That old man that doesn't want to die. Yeah. I can tell you this with certainty. Because it was me. I, I went through it. My wife can attest. Even when I had the Holy Ghost, I was still battling against this flesh of mine that did not want to die. Scripture tells us to not have confidence in our flesh. 
We should have no confidence in our flesh or in our own understanding. We must rely on God and his spirit for the right understanding of things. We must not deny the power that God has given us. 2 Timothy 3 and 5 says this, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. I was one of those. I had a form of godliness, but I wasn't living in the power that God has given us, has given me. (laughs) Goes back to submission. Recognizing that it's a mistake to try to continue to live in the way that you think is appropriate. We are judged by what's found in this word. This is the standard. This is the protocol. Some people are okay denying the power, the need for it. Some people are okay with living in their flesh and not allowing God and His Spirit to lead us. But I believe that leads us to a life of failure, a life of losing. And we miss out on the blessings that God has for us. This is the winning life when we are submitted. Winning, the winning life looks like someone who is submitted daily on their knees in prayer. Again, that's what that one leper did. And that is what we need to do. 1 Corinthians 9 and 27 says this, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I hope that grips each and every one of us. Because everyone in here has a specific calling, a specific job, whether it be in the body or whether it be for the kingdom. And we've been focused on that. You know, Pastor kicked off an incredible message and almost a vision for this church, that the church really is out there. The goal is to be winning out there in our lives, in our daily lives on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We don't come to church just to win. We've got to be winning out there. And if we're winning in our lives out there, we will be able to win souls for Jesus. So how are we doing? Are we doers or just hearers? Are we embracing and living in the power that God has given us? Or are we denying it and having a form of godliness? So here's the good news, though. If we're struggling, if we're wrestling with things, if if we still haven't totally died to this flesh, we can have confidence in God to continue his work in us. 1 John 4 and 4 says this, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Some of us battle more with the flesh. Some of us battle more with ideas that come from the world. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That is such great news today that we can be overcomers, that we can conquer and overcome the enemy. 
Romans 8 and 37 says this, yet in all these things, and the previous verses talked about all the trials and tribulations, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 1 Corinthians 15 and 57 says this, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 5, 4 through 5, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So here's the thing. We, we've heard those things. We believe those things. But we must apply these truths to our lives. In order to be victorious, we have to apply these things. We can't just hear them and read about them. We must live them. Philippians 3 and 3 says this, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. There it is again. We must not look within. We must look to Him who is able to give us all things. We are of the circumcision. That flesh should be removed. And we should be rejoicing in Christ Jesus, praising Him, living for Him, filled with His Spirit. No confidence in the flesh. Jeremiah 17 and 9 speaks of the flesh. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We can't trust in what our heart feels. We must trust in God and what He is telling us. So how do we combat this flesh? We need to try to be really practical about this. And I've been hammering this point home, and I hope eventually it, it sticks. It comes down to daily prayer, and I believe weekly fasting. I know the ministers um, are faithful to do this, but we as the body, as a whole, need to be doing this. If we want to see real victory in our lives, hmm, you must be willing to pray and fast. That's when the breakthrough happened for me. We sing about breakthroughs all the time. We, we sing about victory all the time. We sing about all these things, but, but are we seeing those victories? Are we seeing some of the victories that Brother Floyd has had in his life and in the life of his family? We can only get there through prayer and fasting. He talked about that last week. That's the key thing. That was the thing that I took home. Just how, how different, how different things were. His perspective on things. It's not that the reality of things changed for him as he was struggling with some things, but his perspective changed. He took his eyes off of worrying about what to do and how he's going to be able to make it. And he was able to put his eyes on Jesus. He talked about it. Fixed. Fixed on the Lord. Completely fixed. Totally. 
totally fixed on Jesus. I believe it was Brother Arnold in a recent message that I listened to uh, said this, in order to get something you've never had, you're going to need to do something you've never done. I'm going to say that again. In order to get something you've never had or see something you've never seen in your life, you're going to need to do something you've never done. And maybe that's prayer and fasting. Maybe that's prayer and fasting. Really dying to yourself. In order to get that victory over your flesh, you're going to have to become more committed to the battle in the process of seeing that victory. That process is called sanctification. And it's going to take humility, submission, and sacrifice to see that victory. That's what happens when you pray and fast. And it's a discipline. And and you're devoted to it. Trust me when I tell you, You will win if you start applying these truths. If we do our part, God is faithful to do his part. We can trust in that. We can can trust in his faithfulness. He is a faithful God. Amen. Amen. Hmm. So if we are faithful with humbling ourselves, praying and seeking his face, we can be healed. We can have victory. Victory over this flesh. Our answers are found in the word and through prayer. His ways are perfect. His thoughts are perfect. Deuteronomy 21 through 4 talks about as we go into battle with whatever it is, we need to realize that God is with us. He goes with us to fight for us. Deuteronomy 21 through 4. When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. And he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel. Today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. And do not, be, do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God, he goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. He has equipped us with what we need for that victory. Trust in that. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. We can't trust in our flesh or in this carnal mind. We must trust in Jesus. Ephesians 3 and 6 says, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. When we feed the spirit and starve the flesh, this is what can happen. We can be strengthened for the battle, strengthened against our enemies. More good news. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 
Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We can have that victory in our lives. Lastly, I'm going to try and close it up quickly. But we need to be winning souls for Jesus. We have been put on this earth for one specific reason, and that is to bring glory to God. There's no better way to reflect His glory than being obedient to His word in Matthew 28. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples. There's a difference between disciples and believers. Brother Mattman talked about that. It's one thing just to believe. It's another thing to be a disciple. A disciple is one who is willing to be submitted. Right? Has a teachable spirit. I need to keep learning and keep growing. And this is what we need to do. We need to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. The name. There's only one name. And that's the name of Jesus. There's only one name under heaven given among men by which we are saved. There's only one name. Let's not forget that. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. This is the work of the Lord. And this is what he's telling us we must do. Be steadfast about this. Be immovable about this. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. We will be rewarded by him. Hmm. This is why he came. He came to seek and save the lost. This was his mission. This needs to be our mission. Matthew 28 is the Great Commission. 19 and 20 is the Great Commission. This is his mission. This was his mission. This is our mission. We need to be about seeking and saving the lost. God's word clearly showed us that that is why he came, and this is what we need to do. I know many of us are involved in this church. I know many of us have roles to do in this church, and it's good to be a part of a church, to support the church, to support the body, to serve. But I want to just get back to that last point about the real church is out there. Yeah. So it's, it's good to be a greeter. It's good to be a worship team leader, hospitality team member, Sunday school teacher. But it doesn't stop here. Or it doesn't stop there. We need to be greeters out there. We need to be meeting and greeting people out there. We need to... <laughs> Praise God out there. Praise Him at all times and for all things. We need to be worshiping Him out there. We need to be hospitable to people. Invite them out to eat. Ask them if we can pray for them. That's how we, be, that's how we are the church out there. 
We need to teach them what the Word of God says. Each and every one of us can do that. Each and every one of us. And that's our job. That's what God has commissioned us to do. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take discipline. But in Him we can do all things. This is the blessed life. This is the life of victory. This is the abundant life that God talks about. I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We can all stand. In closing, I want to leave you once again with the three main areas of focus. Really, it's summed up in this. Just win. Just keep winning. Win Christ Continue to win in your lives and win souls for Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this body, what you're doing in this flesh of mine, Lord. I thank you. I praise you, Lord. I worship you today. And I just pray that you would prepare us now for what you have for us in the worship service, what you have for us in the preached word, Lord. I pray that you would continue to be stirring in us, Lord. Help us to live this life, this sacrificial life, Lord, where we serve you, where we look to glorify you, where we win for you. We thank you for the victory, Lord, because the victory is found in you. We thank you that you have defeated sin and death, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We ask that you be with us now. In your mighty name we pray. Jesus' name, amen. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 